0: 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 36. The Bible says, Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that the body that shall be but bear grain. It may chance of wheat or of some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars, For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body body heavenly father i pray that you'll bless the reading of thy word i thank you lord for the opportunity you've given us to be in church tonight and help us lord these next few moments just to worship you around the word of god i pray that you'll speak to us help our hearts encourage us and strengthen our faith lord bless your people tonight we do pray and we ask all these things in jesus name we do pray amen amen you can be seated tonight you know it's amazing to me when you read the book of corinthians at how the the church of Corinth we know was the most carnal church in all the uh, church epistles. And we think about this church and how carnal it was. It was also a very gifted church. And it really gives us the uh, the principle that the God has gifted all of his children. We all have spiritual gifts, and I'm not teaching or preaching on that tonight, but uh, we all have spiritual gifts, but we're not to elevate our gifts. We're not to boast about our gifts because the most carnal church was the most gifted church. Amen? And so just because a church is talented and got gifts and is blessed, it doesn't mean that that is a mark of spirituality. And another thing that amazes me about the book of Corinthians is that God gave them not only some of the the greatest spiritual gifts and some of the most gifted church in the epistles, but God gave them some of the greatest spiritual truths, amen. And when we come to 1 Corinthians 15, it's a chapter that is filled with... Well, with the spiritual truths concerning uh, the resurrection of our Lord. I think it would be safe to say that uh, this is one of the greatest chapters in all the word of God on the resurrection, amen? We have the gospels, of course, that gives us the account of our Lord's resurrection. And then we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It opens with the gospel as Paul uh, declares the gospel unto them. And then he begins to expound and exhort the resurrection of the Savior and the the resurrection of the saints. When we come to this passage of scripture here tonight, uh, Paul is going to talk to them about the two bodies. He's going to talk about uh, the terrestrial body, which is the earthly body, and then the celestial body, which is the heavenly body. And I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on eight things that will happen to your body in the rapture. Amen. Eight things that will happen to your body in the rapture. You see, tonight tonight, the rapture could happen at any moment. It could happen while I'm preaching right now. Before I get to the eighth thing, uh, my friend, the rapture could take place. Uh, uh, Jesus could come at just any moment. And so Paul here is beginning to talk about the body in the rapture. That great resurrection morning that's going to take place. And the first thing that Paul tells them in verse number 36 down to verse number 42 is he tells them that there's going to be a change uh, of dimension, amen? In other words, uh, whenever the rapture takes place, these bodies that we're living in right now is going to have a change of dimension, isn't that right? Uh, And so Paul begins that in verse number 36 uh, uh, with a very common truth here. He tells them, he says, Thou fool, that which sowest is not quickened, except it die. And so Paul gives them the principle of life beyond death. He says uh, that soul or that seed uh, that thou sowest is not quickened, it's not made alive uh, unless it dies. Amen. And whenever someone is planted in the ground, uh, their body has died, we know that in the resurrection, uh, thank God, they're going to live again. So there is the principle here in verse number 36 uh, of life uh, beyond death. When you think about the word death uh, in the Bible, it's always uh, referred to as sleep. and Jesus, uh, uh, he used that word sleep uh, as a word uh, uh, to signify death when he talked about Lazarus. He said, Lazarus uh, uh, sleepeth and and then finally he just plainly told them that Lazarus was dead and one of the reasons for that is because death for a child of God, that's exactly what it is, it's sleep, amen? I wanna tell you, death will not hinder us on on the resurrection morning, amen? Those that have passed on and those that have gone on, to be with the Lord, uh, death my friend will not be a hindrance uh, uh, when it comes to the rapture because there is life uh, beyond death. Uh, whenever you lay down tonight to go to sleep you know what you go to sleep with? You go to sleep with the anticipation that you're going to wake up refreshed uh, and anew uh, in just a few hours. Uh, that you're going to wake up uh, and that there's going to be another sunrise uh, and there's going to be another day. Is that not what sleep is to us uh, and whenever the body is weak and the body is tired uh, we actually look forward to laying down and to going to sleep I want to tell you that's the way it is for the child of God Uh, uh, the closer we get uh, and the more near we get the more ready we grow amen there's a longing to go home uh, and the closer we get to the end uh, there's an anticipation uh, uh, that we're going to fall asleep in this life uh, uh, but thank God we're going to wake up uh, in a new world in a new life uh, because of the principle that there is life beyond death uh, we're just changing dimensions amen I'm telling you as sure as Sister Mazel changed dimensions today and 1113 if the rapture takes place guess what you and I are going to change dimensions uh, in just as sure as she did uh, the principle of life uh, beyond death and then there's the principle in verse 37 of life with a difference amen he said in verse 37, "In that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that the body shall be, but bare grain. He said, "In that which thou sowest, look what he said, thou sowest not that body that shall be. The best way to illustrate that is when you plant a seed in the ground. You know what that seed is? Listen, it is a seed, but it's a shell, amen? And that shell, you know what's inside that shell or that seed? There's a life journey on the inside and when you plant it in the ground you know what happens uh, you put it there with the anticipation that there's going to come a time in that proper season when that shell is going to give way and that life that's on the inside is going to come out, amen I want to tell you when you put that corn seed in the ground, uh, uh, listen uh, uh, that it has that body and you put it in the ground and you plant it and then in the, just a few days you go back uh, and there's there's a shoot that's come out of the ground and it's coming up out of the earth and it's reaching up toward the heaven and now it has another body, isn't that right? You know it's the same body, but it's a different body. It come right out of that seed. I wanna tell you, when a child of God dies, we don't listen, we don't bury them, but we plant them, amen? Because they've got life beyond this grave and that body goes in the ground, but on that great resurrection morning, and do you know what's gonna happen? That same body that went in the ground, it's gonna shoot out, amen? It's gonna come forth, amen? It'll be the same body, but it'll be a different body, amen? Just like an acorn, when it goes in the ground, it has a body, but you know what comes out of the ground? A mighty oak tree comes out of the ground. You think about a cedar with just a little wayside seed. When it goes in the ground, it comes out a mighty cedar, that's the way the resurrection is going to be. We're going to have a change of dimension. Friend, I'm telling you this old body you're looking at, if I go by the way of the grave, listen, one day there's going to be life that's going to come out of it, but it's going to be the same, but yet it's going to be different. We're going to be known as we're known because a part of us that we're looking at right now is going to change dimensions. Amen. And won't that be a wonderful time? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a difference it's going to make. He said, but God, in verse 38, giveth it a body as it hath pleased him and to every seed his own body. You got a body, I've got a body. We all have a body, don't we? And we're not the same. You're not me and I'm not you. But as it's pleased the Lord, he's given every one of us a body that's going to change dimensions on that great resurrection day in the rapture of the church. And then in verse 39, he said all flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beast, another of fishes, and another of birds you know I stopped and I read that this afternoon and I thought the evolutionists would have a hard time with this verse because when Paul was writing this verse down he didn't start with a fish and end up with man did you notice that? He started with man in verse number thirty-nine. You know why? Because man had dominion over every uh, the fowls of the air and the fish of the sea. Man had dominion over these uh, over these animals, the animal kingdom. And I want to say that whenever God, uh, listen, gave uh, man put man into this world, He gave him dominion. And my friend Adam sinned, and you know that Adam sinned. Uh, he went back to the dust from whence he came. But thank God, the common truth is this: uh, that one. day he's coming up out of that ground, amen, because he's been planted, there's life, and he's gonna change dimensions, amen. You see, you can plant a boot in the ground, but you ain't gonna get nothing. Let me back up. You don't plant it, you bury it. Somebody say amen. I'm from Murray County. If you can't burn it, you bury it. Isn't that right? Save you a dump bill. Don't tell the environmentalists I said that. But you know what? When you plant a seed in the ground, Life comes out of it. There's a common truth. There's a contrast in verse 44. I'm talking about the first thing that happens to your body is it changes dimensions. Look at this uh, contrast in verse number 40. And there are celestial bodies and there are terrestrial bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. You see what Paul does in verse 40 and in verse number 41, he lays out a contrast in verse 40. Then he gives a comparison in verse 41 he said the one glory of the sun another glory of the moon another glory of the stars for one star different from another star in glory you see what Paul's doing in them two verses there he's changing dimensions Uh, he says now there's a terrestrial body in verse 40 and there's a celestial body but he leaves in verse number 40 and goes to 41 and he takes us to the heavens amen he takes us to that celestial atmosphere and he talks about the sun and he talks about the moon and he talks about the stars. Why? Because he makes this comparison so that we might come to this conclusion in verse number 42. So also is uh, the resurrection of the dead. Amen? Uh, Paul takes us to the heavenlies uh, as we know it. We're all familiar with the sun. We're familiar with the moon. We're familiar with the stars uh, because we can go out there tonight and we can look up in the heavens uh, and we can see the heavens uh, and we know that they exist. Well, I want to tell you as sure as there's a sun that comes up in the morning as sure as there's stars that come out in the night as sure as there's a moon that glows in the night you can rest assured there is a son of God and there is a sovereign God and there's going to be a rapture and we're going to change dimensions thank God this world is not our home and the grave is not the end and when we die listen we don't go in the ground but thank God we leave this old body here and we lay down this terrestrial body and we pick up a celestial body and we go to another world, hallelujah. You know, scientists tells us that they measure, the measuring stick in, uh, in this universe is light years. It's the, amount of, it's, the, it's the amount of time that light can travel in one year. Light can travel 186,000 miles per second. Now that's moving on, isn't it? If you were to take the amount of time that light would travel in one year, it would be almost six trillion miles in one year. That's a long ways. 186,000 miles a second. Six trillion miles in a year and scientists say to go from one rim of this universe to the other rim uh, would take uh, uh, listen to go from rim to rim you think about that would take 100,000 years at 186,000 miles per second when you think about the vastness of this universe uh, when you think about the constellation of the stars uh, there's 600 billion billion stars uh, in this great empire and God knows every one of him by name. It said that man only uses 2% of his brain. I believe that. Amen. I just wonder some ain't even functioning on 2%. You know that? But the question is, what are they doing with the other 98%? percent i tell you what the question, what the answer is. Man's mind is darkened. Amen. And this old body is handicapped. But on that resurrection morning, thank God we're changing dimensions. Amen. I'm telling you, we're going to get a new body, one likened to the Son of God, and there's going to be a change like we've never seen. This terrestrial is going to take on a celestial body, and we are going to leave this world, amen. Now, man will tell you the fastest entity in time is the speed of light. But there is something faster than the speed of light, it's the speed of thought. If you think about it tonight, for just a moment, go back to your school days. Go back to the first day, if you can remember that, that you went to school. I remember that because I hit a girl in the head the first day of school. I got a paddling, I got a note, and then I got two whippings when I got home. My mom beat the devil out of me. Then she told my dad and he beat the devil out of me. And then I had another note to carry back saying I was sorry, amen. I reckon you would be sorry after getting whipped all day. Thing about it was she is meaner than I was. Anyway, that's another story. But I remember the first day that I went to school. Do you remember the first day? Maybe you don't remember the first day, but maybe you remember a certain day. Now think about how long ago that's been. For me, that's been 40 years ago. And just like that in a moment, my mind went back 40 years. But my body's still here. But on that resurrection morning, you know what's gonna happen? There's gonna be a change of dimension. Where our mind goes is where our body goes. You say, I don't believe that, preacher. Well, in John chapter six and verse number 20, the Bible says this, Jesus was out on the sea of Tiberius, and you know that when they were out there at that sea and they Jesus come walking on the water and said be of good cheer, it is high. You know that passage of scripture and so they were halfway out on that sea there and so they were in the middle of that sea, the breadth of that sea and in the middle of it would have been about 10 miles wide so they're about five miles out there and Jesus walks out there on the sea of Tiberius, and he calms the storm and you know the story and then in John chapter 9, number six uh, and verse number 21, the Bible said, then they willingly received him into the ship and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. Now, how did they get halfway out on the sea to immediately to land? I'll tell you how, because Christ travels uh, not at the speed of light, but he he passes at the speed of thought. In the book of Acts, in chapter number eight, uh, when Philip was there and he preached to that Ethiopian eunuch in the Bible says that he was taken up in a whirlwind. In verse number thirty-one, the Bible said that he was found uh, about. Uh, he was found several miles. He was down in Gaza, way south of Gaza, but he was found several miles north, uh, uh, headed toward Rome. Uh, now, how did he get there? We know that when he was taken up, uh, he was there instantly. Uh, thank God. When we get saved or, or when we uh, uh, whenever we have the rapture and we receive the resurrection of this body, the. Redemption of this body. You know what's gonna happen? We're not gonna be bound by time. We're not gonna be bound by space. There's not gonna be no limits. There's gonna be a change of dimension on that resurrection morning. What a day that's gonna be. And then I notice in verse 42, there will be a change of destiny because the Bible says in verse 42, it is sown in corruption and it's raised in glory. In verse 42, we are destined for the grave, aren't we? We're sown in corruption. But on that resurrection morning in the rapture, we're going to be destined for glory. Hallelujah. What a day that's going to be. We're going to be raised in incorruption. Thank God we'll have a body just like the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Jesus was put in Joseph's tomb, his body was miraculously preserved. But on that resurrection morning, we're going to have a change of destiny and our body is going to be miraculously restored. We're going to be restored to that celestial body, that glorified body. And hallelujah, there's going to be a change of destiny. We're not Staying here. Somebody say amen. We're not spending another second down here on earth. But in the rapture, thank God, we're going to be snatched out. We're going to be taken by force. That's what caught away means. We're going to be delivered from destruction and danger. That's what that means to be raptured, to be caught away. We're going to be taken out. Thank God there's going to be a change of destiny. Amen. You think about that little old grub worm an old caterpillar that goes up that tree. And you've heard that story told many times. He goes up that tree, he's a, listen, a, 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 a little old worm that crawls on his belly with many legs, just an old worm as he is, and that's what we were before God found us. with many legs he crawls up that tree he cannot fly he cannot go anywhere like he would like to go and somewhere through the course of nature and time there's some feeling of death or something that comes over him that causes him to build a coffin and crawl in that coffin he crawls in that coffin friend and he dies and he hangs there in that coffin as time passes he is there but at the appointed time you know what happens? That coffin opens up and doesn't, there's not a grub worm that comes out. It's not a caterpillar that comes out, but there's a beautiful butterfly that comes out of that of that tomb or out of that coffin. It's the same that went in and the same that come out, but yet it is different. Amen? And now all of a sudden, guess what? He's not crawling on his belly. He doesn't have a bunch of little legs and he's not, a, listen, a slimy little thing, oh no but he comes out with wings and he's beautiful and he can fly, I want to tell you that's what's going to happen, hallelujah we're not not—we're an unfinished product right now, but on that resurrection morning, everyone we've ever put in the ground, the last time we saw them, their body was feeble and their body was weak, but when they come up they're coming up with wings of an eagle friend, they're going to soar unto the glory world because there's going to be a change of destiny, amen. And then there's going to be a change, thank God, of dress, amen. The Bible says here that it is sown in dishonor, but it's raised in glory. We won't look the same as I've just said, but we're gonna look different. How many of y'all think, God, you're gonna look different for eternity? How would you like to look how you look right now forever and ever and ever? You see, to, if the truth is this. If you could go to heaven right now in the body that you're in, you would feel so out of place. I would feel so out of place. You say, why? Because I'm not dressed for that world. The Bible says here that it is sown in dishonor. That word dishonor means vile. And that's what this old body is. It's vile. You see, this body is uh, full of all types of sin and perversion and wickedness and ungodly. Now, our flesh doesn't like to hear that about itself, but it is the truth. Uh, this flesh is there's nothing godly about the flesh. The flesh is anti-God. The flesh does not want to pray. The flesh does not want to go to church. That's why when you're sitting in the recliner on Wednesday night and it's about five thirty, and you hear something say to you, "Well, uh, you don't really want to go to." church tonight, you're too tired or you know the children's been a little bit fussy or whiny and so you just need to stay here. We automatically assume that's the devil. but I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's just that old wicked flesh. The flesh loves the world, but the flesh doesn't love the things of God. You know why? Because it's still in that fallen state. It's it's not been eradicated. It's still got sin flowing through its veins, but on that resurrection morning, thank God that body is gonna be raised in glory, amen? Uh, that's not just any word there, but that's the same word that Paul is using. Is the same word that Peter used uh, when he talked about Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration and he prayed in his glory. That is the Shekinah glory of God. You know what's gonna happen on resurrection morning in the rapture of the church? Uh, there's gonna be a change of dress. Uh, God's gonna take that old vile body uh, that uh, Paul talked about in Philippians chapter, or two and he's gonna make it a glorious body, amen it's gonna be a body that'll never know sin, it's gonna be a body that'll never fight you spiritually again, the battle's gonna be over with between the flesh and the spirit, it'll be a celestial body but it'll be a spiritual body, it'll be a body that doesn't wanna do anything except what God wants it to do it won't never resist it won't have any rebellion it won't have any pride, it he won't have any jealousy. He won't have any bitterness. It won't be a body that's corrupt with the filth of this world. But thank God it'll be a body that'll be just like his. I want to say it'll be a change of dress. Hallelujah. Won't that be good? When you have a body that, thank God, it doesn't ever want to sin anymore. Hallelujah. In the rapture, there's going to be a change of destiny, a change of dress. And then there's going to be, notice with me, in verse number 43, there's going to be a change of disposition. The Bible said it's sown in weakness and it's raised in power. In other words, it's a feeble body now, but it'll be a flawless body then. It's a body right now that knows weakness. It's a body that gets tired. It's a body that gets sick. It's a body that has aches, a body that has pain. It's a body, my friend, that has disabilities. We all are handicapped. Do you realize that? We all have disabilities, Some May have disabilities worse than other. Can I tell you something? Every disability, we all have them. You know what it's a result of? It's a result of the fall. Amen? We're living in bodies uh, that have fallen. We're living in the older we get, the more feeble that body becomes. You see, man doesn't get stronger as he gets older. He gets weaker. Isn't that right? Uh, That's why you young people need to never get a tattoo. Amen? Because whatever you get today, it'll be sunk tomorrow. Amen? I mean, if you go out and get a ship today on your, on your arm, guess what? It'll be a sunken ship 40 years from now. Isn't that right? If you go out and get a rose on your arm, you know what it's gonna be? Or a rose on your leg, young lady? It'll be a faded and a fallen rose when you're about 80 years old. Uh, and that old flesh and gravity begins to pull on it. Uh, I'm telling you, listen, uh, we don't stay young forever down here. This body, the frame gets weaker. The eyes get dimmer the ear begins to dull uh, the mind begins to slow down you know why because the closer we get to the grave uh, uh, this old body is uh, slowing down uh, and it'll shut down one day but don't be discouraged uh, as old brother Henry Durbinville wrote uh, probably one of the greatest books uh, uh, that's ever been written uh, uh, just to read Uh, he said the best uh, is yet to be amen Uh, you know what that means Uh, it means you might be here and you may have some hearing aid you might be here and you may have some glasses. You might be here and your frame may be getting weak, but you just hang on. Springtime's just around the corner. Amen. Listen, you're getting closer to the end, and in that resurrection or in that rapture, thank God, there's going to be a change of disposition. That body that's feeble right now, it's going to be raised in power. Hallelujah. It'll never get tired. It'll never grow old. It'll never. The eyes will never dim. The ears will never dull. The voice will never grow tired and weary. And as a million years go by, thank God we'll live forever. We'll worship him forever. We'll serve him forever. We'll never again have to push a wheelchair. We'll never need a walker. We'll never have an ache. We're never going to have a pain. We're never going to have a problem. We'll live in a body that'll be strong throughout eternity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Won't that be wonderful? You think about Methuselah. He lived a long time, didn't he? I mean, his body lasted. His, uh, uh, Enoch lived a long time. Adam lived a long time. But none of them lived forever. But we're gonna have a body, friend. Or we'll have a change of disposition. The, ty- the more tired the body gets, the mood changes. Isn't that right? I mean, there are some people... You don't want to be around them late at night. Somebody say amen. They don't turn into a werewolf. They turn into a grizzly. Amen. And there's some people you don't want to mess with them early in the morning. Amen. Amen. Uh, because uh, when they wake up, uh, I mean, listen, they're not in a good mood, amen. When they get up, uh, they gotta have a cup or two of coffee or something. I don't know. I get up in the morning, I drink a protein shake, a cup of coffee, and a Plexus, amen, Uh, just to to get going a little bit. uh, uh, But thank God it'll keep you moving, amen. I'm just simply telling you, uh, uh, but there's one day coming today uh, uh, when I'm not gonna need a boost of anything. uh, I'm telling you, friend, it'll be springtime, uh, uh, throughout all eternity. Uh, uh, My friend, we'll serve God like we've never served him before. Uh, Won't it be wonderful, hallelujah, uh, to have a body uh, that'll have a change uh, of disposition. Uh, I mean, praise God. Uh, You're gonna look like a million bucks throughout eternity, amen. You women ought to shout on that. I don't know about you, but I hate to get ready in the morning. Does anybody like that say amen? Amen. I'll tell you young men something now. When you get married, you better really do some praying. Amen. Find out who you're marrying. Can I get a witness on that? Because she'll come walking down that aisle and she'll be all beautiful. (laughs) When you walk in the bathroom the next morning and you see all that equipment from Dan to Beersheba... I mean, I was, listen, it's like I was living in a girl's dorm, you know, with my wife and two and two girls, and I was the only man in the house, you know. And then, I'd, Listen, I'd walk past the, I mean, listen, I just wanted to get in and get out of there as quick as I could, brother laddie. lady. I walked past the girl's bathroom. I mean, there was things in there I didn't even, it looked like they were performing surgery. <laughs> All this kind of equipment and plug-ins and, You know, 90% of houses that burn down, I guarantee it starts in the bathroom of women. (laughs) Flat irons, curling irons, hair dryers. I've seen one gadget one time, that one of my girls had, I have no idea what it was, but I was I went in the bathroom, in their bathroom to find something, I don't remember what it was but I picked up this thing had, I don't know, it looked like a pair of scissors, but on one end of it, had all these little comb prongs out, and had this other thing coming up, and I thought my lord, I don't even know what that is but it looks painful just to hold it in your hand, and uh, all that women will do for beauty, you know I have more power to you I'm not against it, amen, because nobody Somebody wants to marry an ugly woman. Somebody say "Man, right there. If you're one of them ladies, well, I don't do any of that. Well, I sure feel sorry for your husband, amen. You ought to try a little bit of makeup every now and then. Might help your barn look a little bit better. Can I get a witness on that? But on resurrection morning, thank God, you won't have to put no pain on the barn. There won't be no plucking, amen. There won't be no straightening. Every wrinkle's gonna be gone. Everything's gonna be ironed out. Thank God there's gonna be a change of dress no gray hairs, no wrinkles, no bent over backs, no aches, no pains. I want to tell you, praise God, it's going to be a wonderful time when we have a change of dress, amen, and disposition and then a change of dynamics, amen. Look at verse 44. It is sown a natural body and it's raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. What Paul is saying in verse 44 is that the human body is engineered for this world right now, the terrestrial. Thank God it's going to be engineered for the heavenly world on resurrection morning. What a day that's going to be. And then there'll be a change of dynasty. The Bible said in verse number 47, we'll have a new Lord. The first man is of the earth, talking about Adam. And then the second man... Is of the Lord from heaven, and there'll be a new life, as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy, and as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. I don't know exactly what kind of body that those that are in heaven have right now. But I know it's a glorified body. And there's a new likeness, verse forty nine. The Bible says, as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image. Of the heavenly. You see, tonight we're made in God's image. The Bible talks about the hand of God, and we have hands. The arm of the Lord is not shortened, and we have arms. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, and we have a face. The ear, God's ear, is not heavy. His eyes are over the righteous. We are made in the image of God out of His nostrils the Bible talks about over and over. Uh, Listen, it talks about God has a body. I know that God is a spirit but we're made in the image of our father and we're in a fallen state right now and as we have borne the image of the earthy, you look at someone when they have a child. uh, Listen, uh, that child bears the image of their parents. Amen. And you know what? We that are saved, we bear spiritually the image of our father. You can look at somebody that's saved and you can tell if they're living for God. You can see Christ in them. But on that resurrection day, we're going to look more like Jesus than we have ever looked in all of our life. Amen. I'm going to stop and say something about that tonight. We live in a time when people don't want to live holy. God is not interested in making us happy. You know that tonight. He's interested in making us holy. This American society, church world, for the most part today, thinks that the Christian life is all about being happy. You look at Paul. I read this just this morning. Paul talked about him and the apostles over in 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 16, or it may be chapter 14. He talks about how that they were counted fools for Christ. They were beaten and stripped and they were naked. And he talked about how they were. You know, Paul never talked about just God making him happy. You think he was, he was happy to be in a, in a prison cell? I know Paul rejoiced wherever he was at, but he lived in flesh just like we did. And you know what? Sometimes life, life isn't always about how happy I am. God's not even interested in that. God is interested in making us more like Jesus. And the holier you are, the happier you'll be. But on that resurrection morning, the change of dynasty is that we are going to have a change like we have never had before. Verse 51 tells us, just as it took that caterpillar time to change, look at verse 51. The Bible said, Behold, i show you a mystery. We shall all sleep, but we shall all be changed in what? A moment. The twinkling of an eye at the last trump. I want to tell you, it took that caterpillar time to change, but on resurrection morning, This old body this is gonna put on immortality. This body is gonna change. There's gonna be a change of dynasty. I'm telling you, listen, everything's gonna change. We're not gonna answer to Washington. We're not gonna answer to people down here, but there's gonna be one Lord. He's gonna be running everything. Thank God we're gonna be in a new world, hallelujah. Things are going to be different in that world. And my friend, when we get there, it's not gonna take God a week to make a change in us. It's not gonna take a day. It's not gonna take 10 minutes. uh, I'm telling you, in the moment, the twinkling of an eye, there's gonna be an instant change that's gonna happen on that resurrection morning. Then there'll be a change of durability. Look at verse number 53. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality, no more decay, no more death. And then finally, in verse number 54 and 55, there's gonna be a change of dominion. Because the Bible said, So when this corruptible shall I put on incorruption, and this mortal shall I put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. That's a wonderful saying, isn't it? Death. Won't it be a wonderful day when we can all say, Death has been swallowed up in victory. Then there's a wonderful song in verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? We'll sing that throughout eternity. You know, that's what Miss Maisel's singing right now. That's what Brother Berman Cape is singing right now. That's what others, Brother Charles Roach, that's what he's singing right now. Oh, death, where's thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? And then there's a wonderful shout in verse 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I feel sorry for people that don't like to be around shouting. You don't have to shout, just don't knock the ones that do. People say, Well, I don't think it's based on your personality. Well, people are different. Some people just weep, they just cry. Some people, Brother Laddie, they do, I, they shout. Some people, they laugh. And I mean, old Brother Black gets happy, he just laughs. And you think he? I've seen him do it many times, sing and get get full of God, and just go and just laugh, and get happy. And people are different, aren't they? But I feel sorry for people that get in a good worship service and they're looking for a way out because somebody shouts. So why do you feel sorry for them, preacher? They'll have a hard day, a hard time on Resurrection morning. They're gonna be struggling. They're gonna scare themselves. You realize that, don't you? They're going to hear a shout and turn around and see who's doing all that shouting only to find out it's them. Amen. Some old dead Baptist that hadn't shouted, amen, that hadn't smiled. Some of you sitting here tonight that hadn't smiled the whole service. Looked at your watch six times. I know what time it is. I just don't care. You don't figure that out by now? I'm not worried about what time it is. You said, man, the Braves come on at 7.30. Well, I'm going to preach till 8 o'clock then. Amen. Amen. I'm just saying tonight, some old dead Baptists sitting there in church, they hadn't shouted. And, 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 but you know what? On resurrection morning, we're all going to be happy. Amen. No misunderstandings. Amen. No division, no separation. On that morning, Paul said in First Thessalonians 4 and verse number 13, he was interested in one thing. He said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Paul talked about those who were lost in this world. He talked about those who had left this world, but he was really talking to those who were still living in this world. He said, for this I say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not Prevent them with your sleep for the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven. You know how He's coming back. He's coming back with a shout, Amen, and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. Uh, hey, that shout! You know what it's going to do? It's going to wake the dead. It's a shout of resurrection, and that voice of the archangel. It's going to sound the alarm for Israel, Amen. It's going to be my friend of sound, my friend of revival for the nation of Israel to let them know that God has not forgotten his people. And sure, the tribulation is gonna start, but it's gonna purge Israel from unbelief. They're gonna see the Messiah in the end at the second coming. And the Bible said a nation's gonna be born in a day and he's gonna put his feet on the Mount of Olives, amen? And when he puts his feet on the Mount of Olives, that mountain's gonna divide from the east to the west and the armies and the kings and the captains of this world. In Revelation 19 and verse 11, John said, verse number 14, he said he's going to tread the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God and he's going to have on his vesture and thigh when he comes down through that valley of Jehoshaphat, he's going to have on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, a King of Kings and Lord of Lords and we're going to come back with him. Amen? But that other sound, you know what that other sound is? It's a sound of rapture. Amen? The trump of God is going to sound and thank God we're gonna meet him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. What a day that's gonna be. What a day. What a day. What a day that's gonna be. When my Jesus I shall see. And I look upon his face. The one who saved me by his grace. And in that moment 100% of our brain will function. Can you imagine that? I mean, some of you ought to be shouting right now. <laughs> you know, I thought about that when our mind brother David, is functioning at from two percent to a hundred percent. I mean, we're talking about even Einstein and Shakespeare. Beethoven only used 2%, not even 2%. But when 100% of our mind is is working without the curse on it, I thought about this, we won't ask God why. We really won't ask Him why this or why that. We're going to know so much more than what we know and the veil is going to be lifted. And we're going to see Him. And just seeing him makes everything so much better, doesn't it? And we're not just going to see him, but we're going to see our loved ones. We're going to see people we haven't seen in years. And we're going to see people we just went to their funeral the other day. And we're all going to be together. And we're going to be different, but yet we're going to be the same. We're going to see the seed life, the germ life that that came out, but it's going to be Brother Wilson, but it's going to be a Brother Wilson like I've never seen before. It's going to be a Brother Laddie. but it's going to be a Brother Laddie like I've never seen before. Your mother's going to be there, but she's different than she was the last time we saw her. And when we see her then, you're going to know that's her, but she's going to look different than she's ever seen before. Brother Paul, she's going to look more prettier than you've ever seen her you probably whistle at her in the rapture (laughs) when we see brother Paul he won't have one of these thank God going to be different on that morning won't it and we'll see the Lord we'll see each other and I got a feeling on that morning there's going to be a shout of victory like we've never heard. Brother, what a day. Even so, I want to say with John, don't you? Even so, come quickly, Lord. Get us out of this mess we're in. Get us out of this old mud ball of sin and despair, all the lies and the hypocrisy and all the death and destruction and deception. Oh, what if the trumpets sound? I tell you, tonight at midnight, when it's dark and and all the lights are turned out, wouldn't it be wonderful to lay down on your bed, listen, and and lay your head down? I'm telling you, all of a sudden, before you can bat an eye, you're not laying in a bed no more, but it's brighter than a thousand noontimes, and you're standing in the presence of your loved one and your Savior, and all of a sudden, in that moment, you're in a glorified body, hallelujah. Won't be a dream, will it? Let's stand tonight. Do you know you're saved? I tell you, if I wasn't saved, there's a lot of reasons to get saved. I'd get saved because I didn't want to go to hell, but I'll tell you another reason I'd get saved. I want to go to heaven. I'd get saved tonight because I'd want to have a brand new body. Like the Son of God. What about you tonight? Where are you going to spend eternity, friend? I know it's Sunday night. There may be somebody here, the Lord's dealing with your heart, and it's now or never. Why don't you come to Christ while we sing a verse of this old song tonight?